0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God.
1: I want you to turn with me to Mark's Gospel, the 11th chapter. In Mark chapter 11, it's a, it's a, a powerful chapter in the, the book, in, 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 yeah, as we read of, of the life of Jesus here on there his is grand entrance into Jerusalem. It's the cleansing of the temple. It's Jesus coming in what we call Palm Sunday and, and uh, you know, because they lay down the branches and he comes in and he goes into the city and he looks around and it's evening. So then he goes out to Bethany because they're going to they're, they're spend the evening. They're sleeping, getting ready. And so the Lord, this is the week before his, his sacrifice of, of redemption it's him being examined by the high priest as the Lord Jesus bringing to conclusion what he was sent to do, and that is to redeem mankind from sin and darkness and bring us into the kingdom of God. Amen? And so the Lord is, is he's got a mighty purpose in his life. Amen? He knows what he's got to do, and he knows what the Father's telling him to do. In fact, when he, after he, they, they bring him in, you know, and, and, and the celebration, it says there that he goes and looks around in the temple. But it's evening, and so, you know, you can't do anything in the evening there. So uh, he goes out to Bethany. But now we're going to pick it up here in the next verse, in verse 12 here. And this is the next morning after the and entry, okay? And this is the Lord Jesus. And it says, now the next day when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry. Anybody here ever get up in the morning and be hungry? Yeah. Amen. Well, the Lord Jesus, you know, and some people, you know, here's the thing that you have to do when you're reading about the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't just see him as the son of God deity, because Philippians, Paul wrote and says that the Lord Jesus laid aside all of that glory and came to this earth and became one of us. Amen. In other words, Jesus didn't minister on the earth as God. He ministered on the earth as a man anointed of God. And, and you have to understand this. You have to believe in Jesus' deity to be saved, but you've got to believe in his humanity to do his works. Are you listening to me? He's the God-man, but he didn't heal people as God. He didn't deliver people from demons as God. He didn't come in and steal the storms as God. He did all of that as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so he, he lived his life. And you've got to understand something, too. Hebrews 4.15 says that the Lord Jesus Christ was tempted in every area that you and I are tempted in and tested and tried, yet without sin. And in Hebrews 2, it says that he went through this so he could be a merciful, faithful high priest and sensitive to us to help us when we go through it. Amen? So the Lord Jesus Christ had to submit himself willingly to go through everything that you and I are going to go through, every test that we're going to have to face, every, everything that would try to pull him away from God's purpose in his life. He had to allow himself to be tempted, tested, and tried in those areas, yet without sin. In other words, he defeated it to show us that we could too. Amen? And so here's one of those situations that the Lord Jesus is allowing himself to be pulled into So he can teach us how we can overcome situations in our life. Amen. So the next morning, the Lord Jesus Christ gets up and he's hungry. Anybody here ever got up and be hungry and be grumpy? Anybody ever get up and be hungry and want to speed through some things? Because I'm going to get down to the whatever and get me an egg biscuit, whatever. And so the Lord gets up. Apparently they didn't have any food there where they ate. So he's hungry and he's heading into Jerusalem. And so the Bible says here in verse 13, and seeing from afar, in other words, it wasn't right on the path, so it's off a little distance. So to get there, he's going to have to make a, a turn. He's going to have to get off his path. It's afar off, okay? So he can see it, but it's not right there near. So he says this, and seeing from afar, a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Now, you got to understand something. In that time, and the Amplified will even bring it out, if the fig tree had leaves, it was supposed to have figs. It was supposed to be producing, because any tree that had the leaves was already in to its production series, okay? So there, this, this tree is supposed to have figs because it's got its leaves. Amen? Now, look what happens in this next verse. In response, the King James says, and Jesus answering, Okay? Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again, and his disciples heard it, so they came to Jerusalem. Now, let's stop here for a moment. Here's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going into Jerusalem. He's going to go do what he's supposed to do. He's going to clean that temple out, going to reestablish holiness in that temple. He knows his purpose. He gets up that morning, and he knows the will of God. He knows the plan of God, and he set himself to go do it on his way to doing what the Father has called him to do, fulfilling the purpose that God has given him for that day and for that moment, he's hungry. And so his flesh is saying it would sure really be good to have a few figs in your body before you have to go in there and run that bunch out. Amen? Because he's natural as well as spiritual, okay? So he's facing some things there where his body's saying, look over there, Wendy's. Okay? Okay? I know we got to deter, you know, get a little detour here a little bit, but you know, it's not that far off. We could go get us some figs and eat, and you'll feel a whole lot better when you go in there and have to run that bunch out of the temple. And so the Lord Jesus, yielding to his hunger, sees the tree. The tree is over there waving at him with his leaves saying, I've got figs. Come on over. Have some breakfast. You say, how do you know that it's over there doing that? Because when Jesus comes to it, he responds and speaks to it. So that tree has been talking to him from the time he saw it. You've got plenty of time to do God's will. You don't have to be so much in a hurry. Come on over here and spend a little time away. Get off God's path and come on over here. I've got some figs. You can have some figs. And when Jesus gets to the fig tree, the fig tree says, ha, 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 ha. I don't have any figs. You missed it. Anybody in your walk with God ever thought it was a good thing and you made a little turn and you found out it wasn't a good thing? It wasn't even a God thing. It's not sin per se, but it's a distraction. Jesus isn't in sin. He's being distracted. He's being lied to. Okay, and he goes to check it out. When he gets there with an expectation to have some figs to eat, the tree laughs at him and says, Ha, 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 I don't have any figs. I got you. Now, the Lord Jesus has is faced with a decision. He has to do something here. What's he going to do? All the disciples are looking at him. Because it says they're all listening to him. So the Lord Jesus at this moment in time can get frustrated. He can get aggravated. He can, he can start complaining. He can start blaming. Peter, why didn't you tell me? What is wrong with you guys? Somebody should be on my side. Amen? Come on. We're in the flesh. Am I, you know, we talk that way sometimes. Amen. Anybody ever gotten upset and you made a wrong turn, you go, I can't believe That's where Jesus is right now. He thought it was a good thing. It looked like a good thing. It was telling him it was a good thing, but it was not. It was a distraction. It was a something to deter him, something to pull him away from doing what his father had told him to do that day. And now the Lord has a decision to make. With eyes upon him, Jesus answers the fig tree. It's talking to him. That's why the King James says, and Jesus answering said to it. Here it says, in response. You don't respond to something that hasn't done something for you. For me to respond to Pastor Mark, he has to initiate something. A response is a response. Amen. It's not, uh, he didn't initiate. so this tree has been talking to Jesus, why? Because his response, he talks back to it, amen, and Jesus turns and looks at that tree, he doesn't, he doesn't get upset, he doesn't get crazy, he doesn't, he doesn't mince words, he just looks at it and says, okay, nobody will ever eat fruit from you ever again, and turns around and goes to Jerusalem. And what's the Lord teaching us here? He's bringing a truth to us that when you are going about believing God and fulfilling what God has called you to do, there is a devil out there, and he will try to distract you. He'll try to dissuade you. He'll try to discourage you. He'll try to get you to make a wrong turn so that you get upset and just quit on what God told you to do. But the Lord Jesus says, when you find yourself in that situation, here's what you do. You respond to that and you take charge of it and you be in charge. Don't let it take charge of you. Amen? Whenever we were young in the ministry, we had a young lady come to a church we were pastoring. Uh, this was a few years ago, it was 1981. So uh, if y'all remember that year, praise God. But anyway. She came in, and she did praise, and, and she did music. She was a really fine pianist, and she sang songs, and she'd lead praise. And she was a menstrual and she just really was doing a great thing. And she traveled, actually, out of Pastor John Osteen's church. Pastor Osteen was live then. He was over the church there in Texas. And so she was out of his church, and we'd gotten hooked up. And so she's in, and she's doing these songs. And, boy, the anointing is flowing. She goes, and, and we want to do this. And she hits a song. She goes through the first verse. And she's going to go up in the key. You know how you do a key change? Only she hit the wrong key. And it was, it was too high for her voice. So she tried it for a second. She just stopped. And she goes, now, I could get embarrassed because I just messed up on the key. And it could really ruin everything we're trying to do. But you know what I think I'm going to do? She goes, Dun-un-un. there it is. I'm just going to start where I messed up. And she started and finished the song. And it was one of the greatest teachings that she could share if any anyway, In other words, why would you let a mistake or why would you let something that's distracted you or even gotten your attention off of what God has for you to control you and keep you from fulfilling what God wants you to do? Amen? And maybe you're in here today and you feel like, I just need to quit because I failed, I just didn't do right, I, did. I can't believe I did. And you, you carry that around with you. It's like, you know, somebody, you know, you're, you pull up to, a, uh, the light turns green, you're getting ready to go, and somebody comes blowing through, and then they blow their horn at you because, you know, they're mad because, and you I was right. You don't watch out. The guy that you don't even know is going to control your attitude and your words the rest of the day. Because you allow anger and frustration and getting mad. You don't know him. He don't know you. And yet you get to work or you go wherever you're going. And you all you want to do is talk about how the guy did you. To the point that, that people start darting down the hallway to get away from you. By the time the lunch comes around. They don't want to hear. it. And the Lord Jesus is teaching us. You're going to have tests and trials. The Apostle Paul, he writes to First Thessalonians 2, 18, he says, I desired to come to you many times, but Satan hindered me from getting there. But he couldn't stop him. He could hinder him, but he couldn't stop him. Amen? And so you and I need to understand just because we're saved and we're living for God doesn't mean that the enemy's not going to throw some fig trees at us. Amen? And when you come across a fig tree that's lying to you, telling you it's got something good for you, but it's not, and you actually check it out, and it's actually hindered you from being where you need to be, the Lord could have been way as far as it was to that tree, and back is how far he could have been on into Jerusalem. But what does he do? He speaks to the problem, turns around, and heads right back into what he's supposed to be doing. And you never hear him say a word about it. He never brings it up again. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't complain about it. He doesn't fight about it. Why? He gets focused right back in on what he's supposed to be doing. Amen? I'm here today to tell you, you need to get focused back in on what you're supposed to be doing and get your eyes off of whatever it is that distracted you or discouraged you and get back on the path that God has called you to walk. Amen? In fact, look on down the, the scriptures here. And, and Mark chapter 11. In verse 20, you know, Jesus goes in, he cleans the temple, they go back out, probably to Bethany, the same area, and, and, and because they're on their way back in. And it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. So they're going the same path. Only they don't go the fig tree today, they see it from afar. They, in other words, they're on the path because that tree that distracted yesterday has no place to distract again. It's dead. Amen. You should never allow the enemy to have but one time in your life. Amen. Got me once, but you won't get me again. Amen. The Lord Jesus doesn't even look at the tree. The disciples see the tree. He's he's he has not only dealt with it; he's put it out of his mind. He's gone. He don't have. It's not any part of his life anymore. Amen. And so the disciples see this fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse is withered away. Listen to the Lord's response. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. The Amplified says, have faith in God constantly. Even when you've been distracted by your fig tree, don't let it steal your faith. Amen? That word faith there means to have full persuasion. It means to have your assurance. It's belief. In other words, God is in charge of my belief system, not the situation. Faith is also to trust. Put your trust in God. And so therefore, I'm not going to trust what I see. I'm going to trust what God says. Amen? So the Lord Jesus says to them, here's what you do. Even when you find yourself being lied to by a fig tree, have faith in God. Don't let it change. Don't let it get, out, get you out of faith. Don't let it get you out of your belief system. Don't let the fig tree determine what you believe. Don't let the distraction determine what you think about yourself. Don't let the struggle dis- determine whether you believe God or not. Amen? In every situation, the first response you're going to do is a faith response. Amen? It's not an anger response. It's not a condemnation response. It's not a, a doubt response. It's a faith response. Amen? Because I don't get in faith when I need it. I live in faith. Amen? Jesus didn't say, have faith in God when have you got a problem. He just said, basically, he just blank said, have faith in God. Live the faith life. Amen? Why do you need to live the faith life? Because he tells you in verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he says shall, come to, shall be done, he will have whatever he says. Glory to God. You know, the Lord is saying, he's saying, Peter, you watched me yesterday, and you saw that I refused to let the distraction determine what I was going to say. The fig tree didn't influence my conversation. It didn't influence my attitude. It didn't influence my words. My words, my actions, and deeds were all influenced by my walk with my Father. Amen? And so, what are we learning from this this morning? Whatever you're going through, don't let that determine what you say about it. Jesus didn't tell Peter, Yeah, Peter, when you see that mountain, go tell him, Man, you haven't seen a mountain until you see mine. You think your problem's big? No. He says, whenever you find yourself facing a problem, speak your faith to it. Do just what I did. You saw me do it. Now you do it. And what worked for me will now work for you. Amen? Because our Father is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. Are you hearing me? Why would you say that, Pastor? I say because the Bible says, Hebrews 11, 6 says, But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that is a reward of them that diligently seek him. So God is a respecter of faith. Faith gets the attention of God. Jesus spoke to the fig tree and said, no man will ever eat fruit from you ever again. And immediately God responded to the words of his son and cursed that fig tree and it died right there at that moment. Amen. See, in Isaiah 57, 19, the Bible says that God said over there to the prophet Isaiah, he said, I create the fruit of his lips. Oh, glory to God. What's God saying? If you'll say it, I'll make it happen. Amen? But what do you got to do? You got to say it in faith. Jesus didn't just say, say to me. He said, say and believe in your heart that those things you're saying will come to pass and God will make them come to pass for you. Amen? Amen? So if you're in a battle right now and the enemy's distracting you trying to tell you that it ain't going to work, you know what you need to do? You need to hold fast your faith confession and just keep saying what God says about it and keep speaking to it. You cannot control me. You cannot distract me. You cannot stop me. I have a purpose and God's going to fulfill his purpose in my life. And I will have what God said I can have. I will do what God said I can do. Jesus is Lord and I'm walking through this. Hallelujah. And while you're saying that, it, where you can't even see it, God is creating the reality of it in your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hebrews 11 one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, my faith in God is all the evidence I need. Because when I can see it in my heart, I'm going to see it in my life. Hallelujah. Because God respects faith and whenever I begin to believe in God and have faith in God and say what God says about it God will create the reality of that in my life amen now here's the thing your symptoms may be the fig tree that's lying to you saying you're not getting your healing and you can stand there and fuss about your symptoms not disappearing or you can speak to it and go about your business thinking God the healing is operating in your life and God is changing it and you're being healed right now in Jesus name you may have some bills that are trying to distract you and tell you that God doesn't love you and God don't meet your needs and maybe there's something wrong with you and maybe you're missing it somewhere and he's lying to you. What you need to do is you need to speak those bills say, but my God shall support all my need according to his riches and glory. I speak to you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for meeting my needs and I'm not moved by it. And Lord, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to cast those cares on you and you're going to create in my life the provision that I need to pay those bills because I've got a job to do and that's to be a witness for the kingdom of God. Amen? see Jesus is saying stay in faith don't let the situation determine what you believe or what you say or how you act amen brother Hagin tells the story of a, of a missionary and, and uh, she, was, she was caught of a, a, a disease a plague that was going through where, and, and where she was ministering and, and a doctor came in and said you know there's nothing else we can do And so while she's praying, and she had been praying for days, God, heal me, God, heal me. And she said while she's praying, she got a a mini vision. And in this vision, there was the old scales. You remember the scales were, you know. And she said these scales on one side, way down here was prayer. And on the other side, way up here was praise. And the Lord spoke to her, says, when those scales are balanced, your healing will manifest. So she said, I just stopped praying and started thanking and started praising and started thanking God. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Now, every symptom's just as real as it was before. She feels just as bad as she did before. She don't look any better. But for the next 24 hours, she lay in that bed praising God, never went to sleep, just praised God, praised God, praised God. And after about 24 hours, all of a sudden, the power of God hit her. She jumped out of bed and ran around the room praising God. And when she did, she saw vision and the scales were balanced. Hallelujah. She quit letting the problem determine what she was doing. See, sometimes that fig tree will keep you in prayer. Are you hearing me? And you're praying over and over and over again because you keep looking at the fig tree. And the fig tree goes, nope, not working yet. Still no figs. Nope, nope, ain't working yet. Better pray again. No figs. And they'll hold you right there when the temple needs to be cleaned. But Jesus did one thing. He released his faith, spoke what he believed, turned around and walked off expecting it to be done. Amen? We have to have faith in God. And you, you can do that or the Lord wouldn't tell us to do it. Amen? God has given to each and every one of us believers a faith like that so that we can do the things that Jesus did. And you know the great thing about it? The Lord Jesus is our high priest and he'll help us through these things. He knows what we feel. He can sympathize with all the stuff that's going on around because he's felt those same feelings, praise God. But he didn't just stop there being a faithful, merciful high priest. He sent the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now the Holy Spirit, just like the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus, will anoint us and empower us and strengthen us. But the Holy Spirit works through the Word too. Amen? So we have to get over into faith and speak our faith. And believe God, why? Because I can't see it yet. I can't feel it yet. But faith gives substance to it. You know what that means? Faith takes it from the unseen to the seen. I can't see God reaching down and cursing those roots. I can't see it because the, the leaves are still there. But the moment I believed, it was dealt with. And you know something? This is the thing. The leaves were not noticeable of being destroyed and dead until the next day. Sometimes you may not see the results immediately, but as you continue to stand in faith, praising God, God will create the reality of it and you'll start seeing it. See, you got to believe you have it before you can see it. A lot of us would have stood there and said, Jesus said, What are you doing? I'm watching to see when it happens. And the Lord would have been down the road going, It's already happened. Amen? And if you'll come, just keep walking with me tomorrow, when we come by, you'll see that it happened. Hallelujah. See, that's why you can't let other people tell you, well, it don't look like things have changed to me. That's because you're looking at the leaves. I dealt with the root. Amen? And I'm in faith, not in fear. And I'm in faith and not in doubt. And I'm in faith. I don't have to see it to believe it. The Word says that I believe it, and that settles it. Hallelujah. So I'm going to walk with Jesus, amen? I'm going to just keep on going on with him. Hallelujah. And see, some of you right now, this is ministering to you because you've been standing there working with that fig tree for the last whatever. When you need to say, no more, uh uh-uh. I curse you in Jesus' name. You, ain't, you, you, you'll have, you have no more voice in my life. Amen? You have no more influence in my life. That's what Jesus said to that fig tree. You can't talk to me anymore. You can't influence me anymore. You can't persuade me anymore. You have nothing in my life from this moment on. You're done. And that's where you need to get to this morning. Amen? This is You're done in Jesus' name. You're done, and I'm going to praise God and stay with God. Amen? See, we have another example. In Galatians chapter 3, let's look over here real quick. In the third chapter of Galatians, the... uh, Apostle Paul, he speaks to us about, about Abraham. And, and he speaks to us over here about being redeemed from the curse in this chapter and walking in the blessing through faith. But in Galatians 3 6, he says, Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Notice that? If I want to hook up with the blessing of God, the first thing I got to do is I got to have faith in God, just like Abraham did. And my faith brings me into sonship with God. It brings me into a family relationship. Amen? I'm not a guest in the house of God. I'm a member of the family of God now. Amen? And that's how I see myself. How did I get there? Just like Abraham did. I believe God. Amen? So the first thing I do is I make myself a child of God. Then in verse 9, he says this, So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Ooh, I like that. He, when you get in faith, notice it just, it's, it, it doesn't just say those who are of faith are blessed with Abraham. He says those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. See, if you don't believe, you're not in faith. And believing is an action verb. Are you listening to me? Believing means to take action. It means you, that believing is determining what you're saying. That believing is determining your attitude. It's determining the expressions on your face. It's determining how you deal with people. It's determining your, your direction you're going. Amen? Because, you see, faith, once again, is belief. And God is the one who is controlling my belief system. Amen? My beliefs are based upon what God says, not what on the world says or what it looks like. Amen? And so I believe and I get into a place where I get blessed. Hallelujah. But now look in verse 11. He says that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God. He said, it. Meaning, what? He said, This isn't a works thing. Are you listening to me? What are you talking about, Brother Huffman? I'm talking about this. A lot of us, our faith isn't working because we saw somebody else do it, and we read how they did it, we just thought we'd try to do it their way. But it worked for them because it was a revelation. It's not working for us because it's just a, a ritual. It don't work for me. I, I, I've told a story. You've heard me, I'm sure. My son says, Dad, you tell a lot of stories. I said, well, after 48 years of preaching, you get a lot of stories. Hallelujah. Amen. But I, I told the story where I was, I was flying to Tulsa. I was going to a meeting out there, and I always carry a, a book. Usually it's a Brother Higgins, one of Brother Hagin's. And so I just thought, I'll take the, 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 the one on the believer's authority. And so if you read that book, he starts it off by saying, before I, uh, you do this, you should read the Ephesians 1 prayer and the Ephesians 3 prayer. He said, I prayed those prayers a thousand times, and the Lord began to give me the revelation. And said, You said, know, if you'll do that, it will help you. And I got as far as that, and the Holy Spirit down inside here heard the Lord say to me, he said, do you believe you can have what Brother Hagin had without doing what Brother Hagin did? And I just stopped for a minute, I said, say that again. (laughs) And the Lord said, do you believe you can have what Brother Hagin had without doing what Brother Hagin did? Well, you know, when Ezekiel was asked about whether the dry bones would ever talk again and walk again, Think that valley can come alive? You know what his answer was? King James said, thou knowest. (laughs) In other words, Ezekiel's answer was, God, you know. (laughs) So I thought I'd give God a biblical answer. So I'm sitting there on the plane. I went, Lord, you know. (laughs) Tell me. Hallelujah. And you know what? When you talk to the Lord and ask him to tell you, he'll tell you. The Lord said, no, it won't, son. He said, that book was not given to you so you could do what he did without doing what he did. He said, so if you want this to work, that's an instruction book on how to make it work in your life, but it won't work just because you read the book. He said, but when those revelations become your revelations, it'll work for you just like it did for him, because it's not his revelation, it's mine. Amen? And see, a lot of us, we, we, we bail on faith because we got the ritual or the, the routine of faith, but we didn't get the revelation of faith. Faith isn't me doing steps one, two, and three. Faith is me believing God and and being led by the Spirit and speaking the Word based on my faith and belief system that God's Word has placed in my life and my trust that God will make it come to pass in my life if I will speak it out. It's me working with God, not me working for God. Amen? Are you hearing me? Under the law, I worked for God, but under grace, I work with God. Hallelujah. And so I believe God. I'm a child of God. And I accept his word. And I accept he's my Lord. And I believe that that what Isaiah said, he'll create the fruit of my lips. And he'll give me a praise report. And if I speak to the mountain, God will move the mountain. Hallelujah. If I release my faith, God will act upon my faith and make it a reality in my life. And that fig tree has to die for me just like it did for Jesus. Amen? And then he goes on and says, the just shall live by faith. You know what that means? It's my lifestyle. Hallelujah. I'm going to live this life. I'm going, to, I'm going to walk this life. I'm going to live this way and do this tomorrow morning. Amen. I'm going to do it when nobody's watching. Praise God. I'm going to do it when a problem arises. I'm going to do it whenever it's fun. I'm going to do it whenever I'm healed, blessed, happy, got money in my pocket and everybody thinks I'm a good person. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise God. But then somebody comes along and I, don't, and I have to give them my money and, and then they, they don't think I'm that great anymore and they didn't like what I preached. I'm still the same person that I was when everybody liked me. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let fig trees determine my belief system. Amen. And there are always going to be little things out there trying to stop you from having the big things that God wants to do in your life. Are you listening to me? See, I, you know, I, we went down to uh, Haiti. I, I ministered in Haiti for years, helped build many, many churches. And we uh, worked down there from 1980 with the ministry. And I went in to do a minister's conference, and we took a crew of workers with us from the church, and we had probably eight of us, you know, and, and, and they had stuff in their luggage and to, to work with. And I, I had, you know, they, you had to wear a suit and tie back in those days when I went down there. And so I had a jacket and tie and dress clothes, and, and so uh, we fly in. And, and so we go out to the mission compound, and they have an a area where you can set up on top of the, the, the building where we stay. And, and the Lord said, go up there and just spend time with me. I thought, well, I'm going to be teaching ministers this week. It's has been a good time to just, you know. So I went up there, and I walked around, prayed in the Spirit and sang in the Spirit and worshiped God for about an hour, a little over an hour. And then, Lord, I, I pulled a uh, my Bible out, and I started going through scriptures, and I'm making confessions and believing God, and I'm praying over the compound, praying over the ministry. And, you know, a little over two hours just up there by myself just having a good time. So I go downstairs, and all the guys, and one of the guys come in. They said... Uh, the luggage didn't make it with us, but there was a plane coming in a couple hours later, plane had landed, and they called over and said, unfortunately, they got into the luggage and stole some things out over in, in the, uh, the States before we left over. And, and so, uh, yeah, I said, sorry, guys, because I'm thinking they've stole some of your equipment stuff, but all I had was dress clothes. They didn't, Nobody would eat that. And so they come up and bring all the luggage up to us, and I'm standing there and they walk over and say, Pastor, And they got into yours? I uh-huh. thought, got into mine. So I reach over and grab my, my suitcase, and he goes, oh, Lord have mercy. Open it up. There was a hairbrush and a pair of flip flops. <laughs> all my clothes are gone. They just emptied it. <laughs> what well, they did, they took my dress shirt, and I'm, like, Lord. And I'm standing there. And all eyes of the guys that that came with me are looking at me. What's this response going to be? And before I can do anything, down inside, thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit says this to me. Now, you can throw a fit and show yourself and be without clothes. Or you can praise me and rejoice and be without clothes. But either way, you're without clothes. So I thought for a second, I said, well, praise God. Hallelujah. I guess, uh, can somebody loan me a shirt? <laughs> and when I did, and I praised God instead of responding in the flesh, it just broke the ice, and everybody just rejoiced and started praising God. And so here, here's the thing. See, the devil was trying to stop Jesus from getting to the temple to clean it up. I'm, I have all these, mission, these ministers coming in from all over Haiti. Had a big group. And then this this Baptist missionary from the States, he had called, said, can I come over? I'm interested. I'm teaching on the gifts of the Spirit that week. And so on Wednesday, I've gotten to the Revelation gifts, and I'm teaching on the Word of Wisdom, Word of Knowledge. And we break for lunch, and then we come back and do an afternoon session. Well, after the lunch, he didn't come back. And I thought, well, I guess maybe, you know. I, I'm, I'm Baptist. I was Baptist when I started off. And I thought, you know, maybe he went as far as he could go or wanted to. Uh, but I'll give him to we, we we You know, he's a really good person, good guy, good missionary from the States down there. And so but the next day, that morning, here he is sitting right back there. And so uh, I teach. I keep teaching. And we're getting ready to break for lunch. He says, could I give a, a testimony? I said, sure. So he gets up. He says, you know, Pastor, I've been down here teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, and I just want to come because I've not been real familiar with that, and I'm, I'm interested. And he was teaching on the revelation gifts, and he said how God will show you things through the word of knowledge and reveal things to come through the word. And he said, and he said after the, uh, the, the class yesterday, y'all noticed I left. He said, well, I'm sitting there, and he said, and I just kept getting in my heart, you need to leave and go home right now. He said, "I thought, well, Lord, I want to stay here and hear the rest of his teaching." He said, "You need to go now." And then, I, he, and then he said, "I thought, well, you know, he just taught that's how the Holy Ghost works. Maybe this is God, and I just need to go prove it out and see what's going on." It's about a 45-minute drive from the compound to where his house was, so he drives back over, and he said, "I pull in up, walk into my my house there, open the door, and they had a 18-year-old, I think, a little 18-month, not 18-year, 18-18-month-old." Old, 18 old, 18 little boy, and and uh, when he walked in, he's sitting there in the floor, and he had a balloon, and, you know, kids would play with the balloons, and he, and it popped, and a part of the rubber of that balloon went down into his throat, and all of a sudden, he said, I'm saying that thing pops, and my, my little, my baby is there, and he's, he can't breathe, and he, yeah, and mama had just stepped back over into the kitchen, and she wasn't there to hear it, and he said, I ran over real quick, reached down his throat, and pulled that out. And he breathed, started crying. She came in and said, what's going on? And I told her. He said, you know, if I hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit, the devil would have killed my little baby. He said, but because of the Holy Spirit and learning this truth and then obeying what God was saying, I was there at the moment I need to be there. And then the Lord spoke to him. He said, son, your clothes was not the target of the devil. That man's family and his ministry was the target of the devil. And he said, if you'd have responded to your clothes in the flesh, you wouldn't have been anointed to teach the word. And the devil would have destroyed this man's ministry, his family, and killed his baby. He said, and then whenever I, I got, God began to teach me and show me some of these I'm teaching you. The clothes was my fig tree. I'm so glad that I listened to God. And did with that fig tree what Jesus did with his. Amen. Because you got to understand something, folks. When the enemy's attacking you with something little to discourage you, it's because he's got a bigger plan down the line he's trying to get you with. Amen. So don't let some little attack get you out of the way where you can't deal with the big attack. Notice Jesus went from fig tree to mountain in Mark 11. Amen. Little thing to a big thing. And Jesus said the same faith that moved that fig tree will now move the big mountains out of your life too. But you gotta use it for the little things if you're ever gonna get to the place where you can use it for the big things. Amen. And if you want to get in on the blessing of Abraham, you're gonna have to learn how to use your faith. You have to learn how to walk with God and believe God and do the things that God's called you to do.
0: Amen. Hallelujah.